Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. To our podcast we can't be the only ones i'm gail and i'm your beautiful b <laughs> yeah. oh, you gotta have God. an adjective i see um well thank you for joining us this week um it's going to be a very insightful week it's b's week <laughs> ah funny my weeks are just hey this is what's going on hey well <laughs> This, yeah. So, as always, we begin with our moment of gratitude. And I will begin um, with the moment of gratitude, which is... Bye, Alina. Bye, y'all. Bye, Alina. You knew me. Goodbye. This is the end. So, on cue, the moment of gratitude. <laughs> Not Alina leaving. <laughs> I said it's not. It's not Alina leaving. It is actually a device that most of us have in our home. Um, a doorbell. No. Oh. The remote control. Hmm. I am thankful for the remote control and being able to kind of switch off of things when they no longer serve its purpose um and being able to engage in thing i think you know the media and i mean tv as a media i don't mean like the oh, news okay. or anything but um we make a decision every single time that we choose to engage with whatever it is that we are engaging in um on the television on the radio whatever media and I am just thankful that, you know, this complex comes with free cable, um, which means we have an abundant amount of channels and my TV is a Roku TV and it comes with an abundant amount of channels on top of it. And I'm able to kind of just, you know, shut down when I want to or tune in when I want to. So I am grateful for the remote control because there was a time where there was just a few channels and that was all you got and you had to change the dial but now there's an abundant and you can just you're old enough to remember that yeah oh i didn't think you were that old oh i know i look so young yeah. just... <laughs> no that, I, I thought you'd have to be like your 40s or something no, they had the one with the dial on the top that went to 13, and then the other ones on the bottom that were the extra The U numbers. UHF, I think, or UHF. I don't know what it was called, GHI, but I remember yeah. being the remote control. <laughs> <laughs> you were that little. <laughs> Go change the channel. Yeah. Go change the channel. 
So oh, I think okay. that might be why I am like, oh, okay, yes, the remote control. I know how to change channels because I literally was the remote control. I can, like, okay, that's pretty cool. Well, I am grateful for so many things, particularly this week. But my main thing that I am truly grateful for is that I have such a good group of informed people around me. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how quite to say this, but due to the events of this week, um, we're finding out things about like your neighbors, your husbands, <laughs> crazy stuff that people are out there doing and you think you know them. And I am grateful to have um, a group of people around me, you know, my circle and my circle circles that we all seem to be relatively sane people. Well, that's a reflection on you. Oh, well, thank you that we're not all, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a grateful thing. And I don't think sometimes we don't think about it. Uh huh. We kind of get used to it or expect it. But I, I, I am truly grateful for the, that the, the circle around and the circles around the circles that we all seem to be solid people caring people, kind people, generous people, thoughtful people that will reach out to one another. And, and, and I mean, all my little circles, various things have happened during the week that we've all kind of touched for some reason or other. Mm -hmm. And everybody's been very thoughtful of each other and caring and, and helpful. And, um, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. I'm very grateful. Very, uh, I'm just, Bless. You have a good circle around you. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And it is, again, a reflection on you because after a certain point, yes, you do have family that everyone has that we all grow around, but then eventually you begin to choose your family. So that is a good reflection on you. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll take that. There you go. So I was going to do a completely different conversation today. But then I was like, okay, with the way, I hate to talk about this man. Let me just say it that way. So I will not say his name. <laughs> but y'all know who I'm talking about. So I just kind of was like, you know what? Why not have the conversation about how we feel about this week's current event? It was a lot to process. Some people were shocked. Some people expected it, but how did you, when it initially broke that this buffoon began to incite a riot and you begin to see it unfold? And I guess maybe we should go back just in case you were in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or sleeping under a rock. But on January 6th, um, the Cheeto-in-Chief um, basically had a rally. And if we were to go a little bit further back, he tweeted on December 19th 
that there would be a big protest on DC on January 6th. Be there and be wild. Sorry. I didn't realize it was that far back. Yes. So the timeline wow. starts where, which is why they were able to gather, book plane tickets, drive, organize, go to the Home Depot and get zip ties. <laughs> and I had no, I didn't realize it was that far back. I didn't actually know the actual date that he had yes. said that. So he did. He stated on um, December 19th that there would be, because he knew, of course, that that was the day that they were going to, you know, legitimize the election. So he had them come in there. And then, you know, there were some other things. He had other people talk before him. And then there was the Save, they called it the Save America Rally. That's what they're calling it. And around 11.50, he told these idiots, after this, we're going to walk down there and I'll be with you. Let's pause. That's a lie. Now back to what he said. That was an orange lie, not a white lie. <laughs> Funny thing though, some people thought he was there. People who were interviewed later and said, well, he was in front. They're like, no, he wasn't. Oh, but he was. And they, to this day, they'll die with that. Hmm. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Um, we're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and congresswomen. So a short while later, about 21 minutes later at 2.11, the rioters breached the police lines at the west side of the Capitol. And then, you know, that's when the scaling of the wall began and everything else. So we're at the timeline and there you have white people scaling the Capitol wall. How are you looking at this as it's unfolding? Or whenever you caught it, because I caught it a little bit later. But what was like your well, see, visceral... See, ironically, I don't remember it that when he first said it, but when I did see the, uh, the tweet where he said, um, and it's going to be wild. But then I also, um, I have friends who work in air, gray areas where they're, part of their job is to track certain things on tweets and mm -hmm. you know on the internet and there were a lot of people who knew that something big was going to happen mm -hmm. and I, I don't think that I was the least bit surprised at all yeah I was not surprised at all what surprised me that they had no real fortification. There wasn't even a sign up that says, cross this line, you're trespassing. They, they had none of that. Yeah, and I know that they said a lot of the, like the Capitol Chief of Police, excuse me if I get whoever that position is wrong, but a lot of the higher ends who take care of that, um, a lot of those people have resigned. And a lot of his cabinet members have resigned too um, since then. So I don't think that's by, because here's the thing. We, everyone's young enough, unless you're a baby and you're a coma. If you are past the age of, I'm going to, you know, put it at 14, 
maybe younger if your parents allowed you to watch what was unfolding in the summer. But we're all young enough to recall back six, seven months when they was kicking ass. Oh, yeah. And they were there with force and they were there with riot gear and they were there ready to beat ass. If they were dressed as almost as if we were going to come around the corner with sticks and fire and guns and, yes. <laughs> you know, bazookas. Like, oh, they're coming armed. It, it's almost like if you are of color, you're dangerous with no weapon on you. Well, yeah. You're a force to be reckoned with. And just to be off topic, just a moment. I wish that sometimes blacks, Hispanics, all of the, the, the minority group per se, would kind of look at that in a positive way, spin that around that you are that forceful that they fear you. Work with that. You know, come with confidence. Be strong with that. Because they, they're, they're already afraid. Yeah. So come with that confidence, you know, don't be crazy, but you know, take that as you're a force to be reckoned with. Apparently just, I remember growing up two or three, you know, in my neighborhood, black young men hanging on a corner at night after a certain time, you could be arrested because Mm -hmm. you were plotting something. You just couldn't be kicking back with a beer talking. Mm hmm. So it just amazed me that, but then you got to think, Berlin, and I, I really thought about this. Some of these, the people that were breaking into the Capitol building, that's a group. Some of these people were fathers, um, business owners, mothers who own businesses. These were, not all of them were little country bumpkins. Yeah. Some of these people were, ended up being somebody's next door neighbor and they had no clue. At least two Seattle police officers were placed on leave for being at the riot. The woman who got shot was an Air Force veteran. There, there's a New York fireman. Yeah that were there at they're investigating him. So, I mean, it's not, people think it's like this little crazy middle America guy who lives on a hill, you know, buying guns, building guns, running around, shooting cans every week, trying to get sharp. These are your neighbors. These are the people who are eating and drinking the orange Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. So much so, that they feel entitled to go to Washington and follow his lead because he didn't merely say to them, we're going down there to cheer them on. He used the word fight nine times. And he even did the, the, you know, like punching bag kind of thing, like you're punching somebody and you gotta be strong. You gotta be tough. And he literally sent them after Pence. I know. They were, their job was to get Pence and the the Democrat. What's her name? Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, they wanted her. Yeah, and they They would have lynched them. I think they would have. Because I know that they said that they found bombs planted at the Democrat and the Republican headquarters. 
these people had on backpacks. And in some of them, you don't know what's in the there. person goes some places like you need to dump your purse out. We're, again, <laughs> whenever you go into most government buildings, when you have to pay a traffic ticket and go to traffic court, like there are certain measures in place that you can't just willy nilly come in here with a backpack and zip ties. And Wait, how many people at the protest in the summer do you see carrying big army backpacks full of stuff? Not many. You weren't allowed. They would, we, we were, I don't know what they told them in other places, but here I couldn't go because of the COVID, but I was on the phone talking to people, what you can bring, what you cannot bring. And that's one of the things we said, you can bring a little fanny pack. It can't be too big. Mm -hmm. Don't be coming with a backpack because they'll pull you or you might get hurt because they think you're carrying something. Mm -hmm. They had army backpacks loaded, zip ties, they bombs. Were... And who else knows what else was in there? Because again, right. the arrests that they had in those few hours compared to the I think one of the Black Lives Matter protests, there were 14,000 arrests in one day. This one was 68 and they literally And that was reached. after the fact. That's when they broke curfew. Mm -hmm. They were arresting us during the protest. Yes. <laughs> yes. You look like you're trouble. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> so it was just kind of like a tale of two Americas, you know, where it's just like, for me, I had got home from work and I had a lunch late lunch so you know i saw that someone posted on instagram and i was like let me see what these white people talk about so <laughs> i turned it on and i'm watching it and every once in a while i mean pbs we all know pbs is my channel right but when i turned to pbs they had on the kitty show so they did not disrupt the kids no with what they were doing they were going to talk about it during the six o'clock hour fine i can deal with that so I was like, well, CNN, I get it, but I like to turn to Fox News because I think Fox News, not all the time, but every once in a while when white people are really acting crazy, that is where I need to go to because they kind of have, at least on cable network, opposed to like what white people do, what white people want. And I'm not talking about whites in general, but though the white that they that listen to whatever right. it is. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those people for a large amount of time until Trump decries Fox News, get their news from there. And I'm watching it and I'm like looking at the white people just acting a damn fool. And I'm like, it couldn't have been us. We just know it would have just been rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat every single step as soon as we hit the of steps the way. Of the capital that have been we 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 couldn't have got in. No, we couldn't have got in. No, because first off, first to even have a protest, you must get a permit. Mm -hmm. Somebody got a permit. You got to kind of say how many people are coming. You have to say where you're going to be. Is it walking or you're just gathering in a park? You're going to be there for mm -hmm. a couple hours and leave. Mm -hmm. They they were not even planned supposedly to walk down that street. Oh, he told them to do that. He directed them to walk down that street and to go to the Capitol building. But here's the thing. They had to know they'd be there and it was supposed to be thousands. 
Yeah. But I don't think they expected that to, in that well, essence. That doesn't matter. The fact that it's the Capitol building and it's the fact that these oh, are. Oh, you're talking about the police, not the Congress right. no, people. No, the police. They should have had that building in lockdown because senators and congressmen are in there. Mm -hmm. But see, here's the other flip side to that. There's some Republican senators who knew they were coming. Oh, yeah. I don't think they were surprised. No. They were not well, there surprised was a at all. Representative, and you know, I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. Was it West Virginia, someplace, and he was newly elected, and he was there, and he, of course, people love to like snitch on themselves with evidence. He recorded himself when they were breaching, and they're like, "We're gonna." He said something ridiculous. And he just resigned now and he was arrested on federal charges as well. So again, as you Oh, that's the one who said I was just there for the media. Yes, for media or Did like journalists. Do you journalist. have a, a, a pass? You got a pass, you know. Because you need a pass. Yeah, you need a pass. You get to be it didn't sound like a journalist, but no. you could be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So again, yes, there are some But see here's the interesting thing too, Berlin. If we have been a minority group of people who marched down there, they wouldn't have had to hunt us down because they'd have wiped us out right there. They would not have had that. Mm -hmm. And the the outrage that I think some of the senators and people and people are having would not have been as much outrage as it is now. Not at because all. Because they we wouldn't have got in and they would have been like, you see, this is why we have to have so much police because these people just don't we know need how to law act. And order. Right. That, and that would have been a flip. If you follow the rules and you do everything right and you're not a troublemaker, right. you'll be okay. But this is where I kind of was like, oh, the power of the remote control. Because they were like, this is before anyone else got involved. And they were just like, oh, they're trying to figure out how to broach the situation. What? What do you mean they're trying to figure out how to broach this situation? Because if it was, I want to say the N-words so bad, but you, if it was the N-words, we would be laid out. There would be no broaching the situation. I don't know. There would be no Guns kidding. would have been there. Armory would have been there. A blazing. They would have brought a National cannon. Guard would have already been there. They would have brought a See, it cannon from happened. 1776 to blow a hole happened. in someone. We'd have never got that opportunity because they'd already been in place. Yeah. As soon as we say black lives matter, Hispanic lives matter, any kind of other thing other than white is coming, other than Trump's little groupies, they would have prepared it that you couldn't have gotten but so far. But the craziest thing is, too, is that for a while... Since I think about 2006, the FBI warned, and I'm not saying that all cops are white nationalists or whatever, but in 2006, which is 15 years ago, the FBI warned that white nationalists and skinheads were infiltrating the police to disrupt investigation against fellow members 
and to recruit other supremacists. And for years, the Department of Homeland Security has a report that they put out that's called the State of Homeland Threat Assessment. And for 2020, they had three drafts. And in the first draft, they basically said that white supremacists present the greatest terror threat to the U.S. So basically, we're imploding upon ourselves. And John Cohen, who oversaw the DHS counterterrorism portfolio from 2011 to 2014, said that the most significant terror-related threat facing the United States comes from violent extremists who are motivated by white supremacy and other far-right ideological causes. When they did the second draft, then they switched it to domestic violent extremists because who wants to name white people as bad? Which is crazy because we remove that language and we we take away looking at what the core issue is. Right. And so it's not even that they weren't aware. It wasn't that they weren't prepared. This is 2020 that they're talking about white people, white nationalists being the greatest threat. Not Al-Qaeda. Not North Korea, not Iran, nobody else on the outside. But basically, white nationalists and supremacists and far-right people being the greatest threat. They are terrorists. But see, I think a lot of people, non... the Well, I say the majority, I don't want to say just whites, but I think a lot of people believe that their terrorism is going to be enacted against minorities. They're not, if I'm a white person, a white senator, a white businessman, they're not really going to come after me. They're going to go after because they want to get the minorities gone. So kind of like, well, if they're not going to bother me, I'm not going to be that invested in that. Well, they learned. And lo and behold, they don't have, it's not a color thing for them. It's a power structure. Yeah. Yeah, and Trump speaks to it, which, again, I don't necessarily get. From the very beginning, before he was even running for president, he was speaking to it. Yeah, he was speaking to the birtherism that had to do with um, Obama, basically saying, like, sowing distrust in the, you know, because since, what, Obama got elected in 2008? So Mm -hmm. since then, he's been saying, oh, he's not born here. So you're already undermining how he even got there. And then just in his rhetoric, he's just been stoking the flames. We remember stand by and stand down. That was right before the election to the Proud Boys. With the QAnon, he was like, I understand they like me very much. It's gaining popularity. He... He legitimizes things that weren't supposed to be legitimized. On top of this, again, you know, the whole is blame on both sides. So you're very fine people. So he's always been kind of like coddling them in his position of power and leveraging them in a position of power. And I can understand, to be honest, it's a smart move. It's a smart move. Because no one else has. No one else cares about poor white people. Black people don't care about work, you know, 
poor white people. Hispanic people don't care about poor white people. Middle-class white people don't care about poor white people. And guess who definitely don't care about them either? Rich white people. So they are basically shit out of luck to fend for themselves. And I understand it. And I do have empathy for those who are born into it. And you basically have no way out of this small town and bodies are dying left and right. No one should have to live that way. But at the same time, we're not taking anything away from you. And I'm talking about people of color. Right. We immigrants, the immigrants that come, we're not coming after you. We didn't fail you. We did not fail you. Your government failed you. And I think that's part of why he was able to, I don't know how he seemed relatable to him, to them with gold toilets and globe plated everything. That's not the life you're ever going to live. You're never even, he's never going to even say, you got to use the restroom here. It's the third door to the, to the right. <laughs> like he's never gonna... he, he never has said to any of them standing outside the golf course when he has those meetings inside. The, get the people that are outside, yeah. you know, stand by, bring them in, bring them in, yeah, let them let stand them... In, in, inside of, no, he don't invite them in. So, Y'all stay out there. I'll, you'll see me when I ride by and wave. Yes. So even for him, which I, again, I think there's a disconnect there with that, but he, whoever his team was, was smart enough to know we need to exploit these people because they ain't got nothing to lose. And somebody, I read somewhere that on an average, they're not giving a lot of money, but they're consistent. They will, if they only have, if they, if they say, I'm going to give $5 a month to you, they give him $5 a month. They sign up. Child. If it's $10, $20, it, they know it's coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily get it, but it's, I do, I, I do empathize with them in the way, not the people who did this, but empathize with white people who are just living in the trenches because that gotta suck that gotta suck to like not know that your kid will have a future but the even though I can't empathize with them for that because poor no one wants to be poor that poor that poor no one wants to be ignorant uh, some of them are so poor they're without hope yes Yes. And living without hope is tragedy. Yeah. So the moment he recognizes you and he's speaking direct, because, you, you know, most of his rallies are in these small towns that, again, these big other people have forgotten about. But these people that they're arresting, the ones that were in that Capitol building... They aren't the poor and down. No, exactly. Which again, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I understand why he has supporters. Like I, I understand completely. When people are like, I don't understand why 75 million people voted because, okay, as to white people, this is not to black people, but to white people, are y'all saying, oh, you know what, these poor white people, let's see if we can build a community center. Let's see if we can give back. Y'all move out y'all hoods and never return either. Yeah. You don't care about them. You've disregarded them as well. So 
it's just a failing on which again goes to show you that whiteness isn't it it's class it wasn't the whiteness that bounds i think i saw there was a guy that was in washington dc and he was taught there was a clip on the internet and there was a black woman in the car and he was like do you see what these crackers are doing to them and he was just he he's white and he's calling them crackers so again there's and it was a black woman he was talking to a black woman saying like he's so upset about this and he's like do you see what these crackers are doing and i'm thinking probably was like what <laughs> which again shows you that there is a clear line versus how and they call them white trash they call them all of those things so there is a clear difference between what i view myself as being white and whatever derogatory term redneck whatever it is right. that I'm, trailer trash that i delineate from me being versus who you are too and white people, the white people who do fall into that, they, they bought into whiteness, but whiteness doesn't buy into them. And that's the only thing. They're pretty thing. much the same way as blacks in, in a sense, if, but they're worse. Oh, they're, it's the pits for them. Because no, there, there's no, um, the only group they have are these racist groups. Mm -hmm. They're the ones, you know, plying them. <clears throat> you okay, buddy? <clears throat> you all right? It's okay. Aww. This is a Ryston break. We got to have one of those. He's all right. Yeah, it's okay, buddy. But they have no, like you say, nobody's coming into town trying to build up their group. And even, I'm not sure what even the churches in their area do. What, you know, what are they doing for them? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is bad in that regard. And, you know, hopefully, eventually they will come to a realization and again i think the last time that they had this realization was probably in the 60s where there were some groups that were coming together and saying this isn't a race thing this is a class thing and yeah that was more than 40 years ago so maybe 50 year 40 50 60. wow it's been a minute at this point well, in time but then too back then there weren't any other people on TV besides white people. Yeah. So you could all, they could always see themselves and, and aspire to something. Yeah. Because look, that's us. Mm -hmm. That's us doing that. That's us doing that. And then it became, uh, you know, minorities and blacks were like, whoa, I want to see myself on TV too. I want to see myself in the movie and I want to be the nanny. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be the housekeeper. I don't want to be the cook. I, I want to be the person who, that I own that house. Yeah. And so then as things started to shift, they started not to see themselves as much. And it's sort of ironic. I was thinking about this, not just because of this, what happened, but how it kind of evolved to where that must be so frightening for them. Oh, yeah. 
that at one point you were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Movies, TV, commercials, everywhere, billboards, it's just you. And you don't even feel bad that it's not anybody else. <laughs> not at all. Not even a not blink of all. an eye. Not, not, a, not a little bit. Now, some may have. Some had to. Otherwise, we would never have gotten there. Yeah. We, so somewhere, there were a group of white people who were saying, this ain't right. Yeah. Always. Let's write this. Mm -hmm. There's always that parallel line that's running with us mm -hmm. and, and pulling us up to them. Yeah. But those who are not being pulled up, that must be such a frightening thing that suddenly there's almost more black shows than white shows. I don't see yeah. myself anymore. And those who really hate that, hate the color of my skin, are really ticked that now a lot of the shows have mixed couples, mm -hmm. a mixed family. And the, you know, the, the Mexicans and the Hispanics, because a lot of, it's so funny. I have friends who don't really understand the difference between a Mexican and a Puerto Rican and a Cuban and a Dominican. They don't know. They just speak Spanish. So they mm -hmm. all Spanish. Now we got them on TV. We got Spanish commercials. This is too much. I They're know. at their breaking point. And I think invading the capital for some of them, some of them are just people who want to destroy things. Mm -hmm. And they, they took advantage of those people who really are just kind of flailing. They took advantage and say, look, we can help you come with us. We're going to, that's our capital. And the thing that upset me most about that capital thing is you didn't build that shit. You tell them. And you're going to claim it. You didn't sweat your tears over it. You didn't, people didn't die over it. You didn't it. get a lash, nothing. No, Trauma? none of that. No. And you're going to claim that. That I was so upset with that. I really wanted to like call up anybody I knew that mm -hmm. might still be a Black Panther alive. Let's go. I'm 69 years old, but I was like, let's go. <laughs> stop this madness. If they're not going to stop them, we got guns. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And, and it's so funny that my brother would text me. <laughs> Be safe and stay where you are. <laughs> stand back and stand by, okay? He was sort of like, I just chuckled. I said, what do you think I would do? He said, I know what you're thinking about. Stand <laughs> no, back and stand Don't do by. that. I, but I truly, that irritated me. That, that upset me more than anything. You don't even know who built that building. You don't know how that building got there. But you're going to claim it? Well, they claim no. everything. They don't put the, you didn't put a brick That's up the there. thing. The, 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 I think ownership is like... Just like you mentioned earlier, the sense of entitlement that I exist, therefore you are mine. And I think yes. there they have been taught, a lot of people have been taught, and I, I've never been white in my life, so I don't know what white people talk about during dinner conversations. That's not my thing. But I think a lot of them have been ingrained, even if it is subconsciously by our history books by the way society moves that I own every single thing walking 
talking, building, spaces, places. This is my country. And it's like, uh, it ain't. Well, but see, that goes back to TV, magazines, billboards. Mm -hmm. That's who everybody always saw. Yeah. So what else would you think? Well, times have changed. And, and, but then that's the horror of it all, that you have people part of this group now that are the only reason that they really claim to be racist is because they can lead somebody somewhere. Yeah. So, you know what? I can't lead them over here because these people got common sense and they're all together and they're kind of smart, but I can get these guys over here. All I got to tell them is, you know what? They're stealing your jobs. I'm going to show you how you get that. Follow me. Yes, they're Come still, with me. They're and that's taking exactly your coal mining jobs. What the orange guy did. Yeah. They're stealing everything from you. Now I can't say it right out in, in public, right too too much. He had the I dog can do the whistles. dog whistles, but I can't mm -hmm. say too much because remember, I still have to act like I'm the president of the people, but I'm really your people, the 75,000 that voted Million. for me, I'm yours. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be yours. Quite frankly, you can have him. Take him, find a country, good luck. And, you know, to be honest, he's not, there are different types of leaders. And I'm going to say this about him. He is a charismatic leader in the same way that Barack Obama is. Now, he's the same way that Hitler was. Which is still a charismatic leader. Because Hit, but I mean in that Hitler wasn't even attractive. There, you could, if you were to meet Hitler on the street, you would be a, like, like, Ooh. But that's or not try even not about. to notice him. He's not anything that to look at would be appealing. Obama's cute. You might like want to have a conversation. But no, that has nothing to do with that. It's, it's again, the charismatic but then, leader. But that's what they need to have when they're failing in so many other areas. I mean, you cannot be visually appealing and still have a good disposition about yourself. No, but he doesn't. No, yes, so that is true. So he has to have some draw. And that was his only draw because anybody else, and then he got the base. He got such a large, and the fact that this man could call all those people there. Yeah, he is plane, very. They flew, walked, drove, caravans, buses, busloads of them came. Hotels shut down to not let them stay there. I had a friend who was in D.C. when it happened and he they had to shut everything down for where he was at working. He was lucky he did it earlier. And he doesn't live in D.C. but he happened to be there for that week for work. And he was like it was crazy because he was there Monday and he was leaving on Friday, so he was still saw a little bit of the aftermath of it all. And he was like, you know, when I locked my rate in, it was like, you know, the embassy suite, it was like $129 a night. And he was like, after a while, it just quadrupled. Once they got there, the prices quadrupled. And he was like, every day, 
it the bustling up until Wednesday just got louder and louder and louder. And he was just like, it was a crazy thing that he was like, I'm happy I shut down, you know, and sent my people home and everything so that they would miss all of the craziness that ensued. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, back to him being a leader, he is a char- he can a charismatic leader doesn't matter what you look like. It matters what you can get people to do and believe in. And that is what he is. He's basically charismatic enough in his own way. It doesn't mean you're good or bad. Mm-hmm. It just means you have a je ne sais quoi about yourself that people, like he said, are willing to travel by any means necessary to do what you need to do. And I think, again, and Hitler was one as well, um, but I think, Again, a lot of people really need to, all of this, why are people surprised? That's my whole thing. Like, oh my God, I'm so surprised that this happened. And it's like, do y'all, what do they teach y'all in school? What do Actually, they teach y'all? I was y'all? waiting for something to happen even before then. I, that was, I, I, but I think a, a lot of the news, because the Capitol building took over so much, it happened for people who couldn't travel, Mm-hmm. They went to their state capital. Yeah. Um, in L.A., uh, at least five or six, you know, black people got attacked mm. by Trump mobs. Yeah. And they would ask them a question: Are, are you one? Are you a trumpet, trumpet or Trump or whatever? And they were foolishly said, "No." I'm like, girl, you know I am. Woo, woohoo! I'd be walking with you today. <laughs> I got to work. Got to go. Good luck. I was listening to PBS and there was a a journalist that was there, a correspondent that was there in the Capitol building while it was happening. And she was there and, you know, she's a white woman, so she can get away with some things. Um, and they're talking to her and they're like, this is like the American. Oh, I don't know my own strength. I just broke my pen. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> tickled myself. Um, so she, they were like, this is like the American revolution and we're here. And she was just like talking to the people and she was just like, you would be, she was so appalled with how much they did not know. They legitimately thought this man won the election. They do. They do believe that. They believe that. They, they believe Things that are so not the 80 million true. people who voted for him do not exist. 82 million. Yeah, mm-hmm. We don't exist. No. Well, we don't exist because, again, we are the others. We're either probably what they would, if they're white, they probably think of them as race traitors. Um, even though. Oh, jo- no, no. They literally believe that there are not 80 million people out there that voted. These are all made up pieces of paper. Most of them are dead people or we voted five and six times. They don't understand how many citizens are (laughs) in this country. They don't understand. They think maybe it's only five, five million more than them. Yeah, no, not that. And now at every election, there's probably like a hundred million people who just don't vote too. 
So again, the fact that so many people did vote. And that tells you something right there. Mm -hmm. They just wanted him. You know, people just got tired. Somebody said to me yesterday when he lost his Twitter account, they tweeted, tweeted me and said, thank God they lost his You know what? Twitter and account. I think, again, Twitter, Facebook, I don't know what the hell goes on in Parlor, but at least for Twitter, they are culpable. Facebook, they are culpable because he's been saying crazy shit for a while a while since and that just since the beginning he's gone on there threatening people they were saying in the news that some senators say things publicly mm -hmm. and they don't believe it privately because they don't want to be tweeted by him mm -hmm. because they're afraid his base won't support them because they believe that base that he has actually goes out and votes. Well, I think this election can prove to you that maybe they do, but there's more people than them. Yeah. You're not, you're pandering to the wrong group. You're going to pander to wrong so you can look right. Or so you can have a job, which again, you don't need to have that job if that's the case. If and I don't care how many people quit Bessie DeVos, old Whoville looking ass. Um, <laughs> she looks like a, a person that belongs Suddenly in the, she got morals. Yeah, oh. you got morals and scruples now. Mitch McConnell's wife who had a job, she quit. Get the hell out of here. He had what? I don't know how many, 14 days left in office. Get out you of here. You were losing your job anyway. Yes, you was about so to. So you just feel like this is a good time for Yes. Them. And so get out of here with trying to save face because you ain't shit either. You're not. And at the end of the day, I don't know how these, I'm pretty sure these people might sleep with the fan on on medium too, like I do. They might. It might not even be a thought that crosses their mind. But at the same time, I am a firm believer that you do reap what you sow. And if it ain't you, it's going to be your children. And even if you don't say anything and you're just quiet. You're complicit. Yes, very, very much so. The fact that he has built this up, that the election's a fraud, that he, he didn't lose, that he actually won, and, and see, here's the part where common sense doesn't come in for some people. Because mm -hmm. see, common sense to me is, let's say I believe you won. But if I hear a, a taped recording of you <laughs> threatening the Secretary of the State to find you, mm -hmm. 11,000, and I mean, you, he the knew number. the number. But here's the and ironic one. thing that I don't think, <laughs> and I listened to that, like, it's a crazy thing that for like, I took two hours out of my life. And I listened to that twice because there was something that no one mentioned, but I caught, he actually asked him, there are some votes that you didn't count, right? There, there's like some votes someplace that haven't been counted. 
there's there's like some that that, that you know that, that the mail-in ones they weren't all counted right so there you, you got another box or something someplace he asked him that like a couple times like I know there's some that you know that didn't didn't I read some of you found some that they they need to be counted they might be they might be more than what we need but this is all we need so in other words he wanted him to say oh look we found the box he's an idiot and he repeated that and I thought no one really paid attention to that as much as they were saying how he was getting angry with him but I noticed that he said it a couple times like you found you could and you could say you found this box. I think they didn't notice it on purpose I think a lot of the time the way the media will spin certain things to you they will make you feel like wait did I not just see this with my own eyeballs like and it's all of them for the most part, except for my trusted PBS. They kind of like, you know, don't fringe with their little opinion. They're like, look, figure this out. These are the facts. Do what you need to do with that. Right. Um, but a, a lot of the times it's just kind of like they stick to one point and they don't go past that point either. Where again, someone else would be like, you know, why is he asking this man this many questions? Like that's a leading question, first of all. So, and it's intimidation too. So again, all of it is just ridiculous at this point in time. But at this, and I'm thinking, okay, didn't, didn't he lose any followers from that alone that at some point you say, okay, there's something not right with this. I'm back. I don't think that these people (laughs) months ago, months ago, and I might've said this on the podcast. Um, before George Floyd occurred, me and my therapist were talking about racist because, you know, I was ranting about things I hate, (laughs) things I don't like. And, um, among other things, but regarding like racist, and this is right before George Floyd. And she was like, the thing is they're delusional. They're delusional people. And when someone is delusional, no amount of facts, rationalization, conversation over tea, crumpets, nothing. (laughs) Is going to change their mind. Is going to change. Or have them see the truth. Exactly. So again, he probably will keep a great portion of his followers they're probably going to be, and again, Americans aren't that smart. These tend to be obviously not the brightest of our bunch, which is still a reflection on us. I don't care what you say. You can't be like, oh no, they are different than we are. No, they are who you are. Mm -hmm. They are who you are. You can't be like, oh, I'm the richest man, but there's a poor man there. So you know, I don't know what about him. No, you're you're as poor as he is. And yeah. until you really make the changes in this society, which are not too hard to fix. How hard is... First of all, we spend so much money on defense. Where was the defense when you needed it? The Capitol building, senators, congresspeople. That's your bit, you know, bit property. Oh, you know how they're, oh, you can't vandalize property. 
Where was that? You spent so much money of our yeah, budget. Here's the thing. He didn't invite him to the White House, did he? Oh, no. They said um, <laughs> another PBS correspondent who was at the White House, she was like, it was Fort Knox over there. The protection that he had. Just in case they changed their mind to come this way. Yes, the protection <laughs> that they had and the like surrealism of it being so quiet there. And running amok there. He he never went to see how they were doing, what they were doing. He was holed up watching this on TV. And it wasn't until hours later he was like, oh, we got to be go home and do all this stuff. But it just amazes me and it boggles me that people are like, this isn't who we are. It's exactly what America is. And I have been saying this for years, Gail, for years about how shitty this country is. And I don't mean that it's shitty because you don't have opportunities and I don't have opportunities, but it is shitty because it still leaves a great portion of the population behind. Black and white. Black and white to suffer, to fend for themselves. It's, a, it's basically a lottery system here. It is. I am where I am in my station in life. Yes, there is some hard work that goes along with it. Yes, there, you know, I'm smart and whatever the case may be, but it's almost like right place, right time, everything that kind of moves you along the way. And why are we living in a country that we're touting as the greatest when you have to be in the right place in the right time to get a decent education, to move, have somewhat of an upward mobility, minimum wages at seven something dollars here. You can't live off of that. That's not the cost. The, the living wage in Florida, where is it now? 15, 16, $17? Yeah. Yeah. 17 something. Yes. So again, that's ten dollars shy. Yes. So again, when and in some industries you don't get that. Nope. If nope. there's a tip industry, you don't get. Oh, that. you get much less than that. Yeah. You get like dollars. And that's ridiculous. You're right. That's why are we we don't pay people that have a decent wage, but it's it's almost like. It's shitty. But we want you to be grateful that you have that. Mm-hmm. And somehow it is billed in such a way that people are. I'm so thankful I have this minimum wage job. Because that's all you're going to get. And again, if you were to attack it, I'm not telling people what to do, but if you were to attack different things, and I think as Americans, if you were to say, hey, you know what, Let's. we need to have more we need to build our education. We don't want all this money going into our defense. We want money going into our education. We want money going into social services. If we really demand this stuff, but again, there are these separations, again, that is built into this country. Built since but like... see, they, they believe that to be socialism, which is a step away but from if you, communism. But if you were to ask step people... Away from, uh, the, the, the have not suddenly having and that that doesn't include me okay so you'd rather not have 
No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But no, I'm not saying that would be my answer to them. Yeah, uh, so you'd rather like, go yeah, without. Yeah, I don't want you to have. I don't want that. And that's what I'm saying. But and but if you say to them, well, then what do you want? They will tell you what it's you just said. basically socialism. I want to have a job that pays well. Okay, um, so you want to get better than minimum wage. Well, yeah, who doesn't? I just said that, and, and that was socialism. <laughs> Idiots. And it's just, it, it, they, I don't know how to break the programming. I, I don't know. I think everybody's, it's sort of like being black in America. Being black in America when you grow up is that how, it's not many blacks that leave the neighborhood and come back. Mm-hmm. Because, and when you do come back, it, this is a horrible thing to say, but I had a friend, and, and I won't call her name out. <laughs> we kind of grew up together in our 20s and 30s and moving around and moving to places. We never moved to a black neighborhood because it was sort of like, um, I want to be able to walk home at night and not be afraid. I'm black. <laughs> and when you think about it, we'd be like, oh, I feel bad, but I'm still not moving there. <laughs> because even to, and, and I had a young, one of my employees said to me the other day, and she's from another culture, another country. And when she first moved here and she's color complected, dark complected, she was terrified of black people because she was sort of taught or see on TV, like if you're walking down the street, grab your purse close to you because they'll just snatch your purse. And, you know, they, she, was, she said, and if you get in a car, make sure you're just locked. And if, some, if one is walking by, roll up your window. She said, I had to catch myself and think, wait, that's the same color as me. Mm -hmm. I, and she said, you get so programmed. Mm -hmm. It's a programming that even blacks have. Mm -hmm. When we get out, well, we might send money back, but we don't want to go back. Or build it up. Again, And it, it is a societal shift. I don't know that it's something that I'm going to see in my lifetime. But what, I, you know, I have a little secret that I'm going to share with you all. <clears throat> I'm a little bit psychic. At least I have really good deductive reasoning. So <laughs> I thought it was going to be a really good secret. Juicy. Oh, well, yeah. you already knew I was psychic. That's why you're like, oh, yes. Oh, God, I knew that. <laughs> if you could see me, Gail's doing roll-eyes. Okay, I'm not psychic. <laughs> I will say this. I'm not psychic in the way where it's like, but I be knowing. And America, if it continues, You're intuitive. There you go. And I have good deductive reasoning skills. I can see things. What helps you be intuitive? Yes. And if America really doesn't take. Wait, well, just for a second. Just kind of hold that thought. If you're that intuitive and you have such deductive reasoning, then I'm gonna need you to help me find a good man. Okay. I'm still working on mine. Okay. Well, sometimes it works better than you do somebody else's. <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's so <laughs> funny. Just, just jumped in there. Just It's flashed in my head. What like, about me? Uh, yeah, what about me? What about me? But your psychic ability. Yes, yes. Um, America, 
if it continues, first of all, it was built on a shitty foundation. So let's all be clear. America can never be great again because it's never been great. It's been built on the blood, the sweat, the tears, the death, the demolition of Native American people and black people. And even some white people, when they came over here, they weren't considered white. Mm-hmm. Um, and until- The Irish were slaves for a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't take the heat. Yeah, well, that makes sense to me. Uh- <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. But they set up the system with that, with using the, the lesser white person who didn't own anything to be the overseer. And make you believe that's a great well, job. Well, that's the whole John Punch thing when they were all slaves. Or I don't even think they were slaves at that point. They were all indentured servants. And with the John Punch case, it was a few of them. Uh, a black guy, an Irish guy, and another guy who was probably some sort of white. And they ran off together. And um, they were like, oh, wait, they're banding together. So what they did in that case, which you can look it up, it's all history, they basically designated him as being white and they gave him a few more years, the white Irish guy. And then they gave the black guy a lifetime, basically ratifying slavery into the United States. Mm -hmm. So... And then there were like the slave codes and the Virginia, the Virginia slave codes and all of that extra stuff that really kind of, you know, oh, well, there was a woman who her dad, was her dad white or no, the mom, somebody was white. I think it was the mom. Somebody was white and, um, but she was of a biracial heritage. And so she sued, no, her dad was white and by English law, if your dad You're was supposed to be what your father, that's English yes, law. Yeah, in English law, law, you would have to be, you would be free because your father, that's where they kind of get you from. And you'd have to accept like Christ as your Lord and Savior, some sort of church thing. And she did that and she won her freedom. And they were like, wait, hold up. It ain't you because we want to rape your women. It's your mama. Your mama just... It became convenient. They flipped it. Yes. And and it was different state to state. Exactly. So again, with those horrendous things in place, America has always, always, always been a shitty place. Yes, it might have money, but the reason why it's such a rich country is off of the backs of free labor. Yeah. And you don't... And it's still free labor. Yes. I mean, right now, where's the minimum wage? $7 to zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's basically free. Basically. So, again, the way that the system works, the way that it has been for the last 200 odd years, and the way that every single time that there is a push for progress, there is a push back to demoralize, to take back, to basically set a generation back. Because I'm thinking about the 60s. You have the 60s, then you have the murder of MLK and Malcolm X and Megger Evans and everyone else who's pushing this. So you teach a generation of children, if you speak out, we will fuck you up. 
And so they get silent. And so you have a generation of kids who teach their kids, hey, just keep your head down on the prize, keep it moving. And then eventually it gets so bad that they're like, what are we doing right here? We have to push back, which is where we are with the whole Black Lives Matter. That's basically a few generations removed of you traumatizing. Like 10, years, 10, 20 years. More. You traumatizing a group of kids. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know where the kids are now with their frame of mind and their thinking. But again, it basically teaches, in this instance too, it teaches white kids, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. It's Blue Lives Matter only when we say it's Blue Lives Matters. But there was a cop that was hit with a fire extinguisher in the Capitol and he died. So yeah. where's your Blue Lives Matter then? And there was a cop, they show you a video where they, the, the Patriots were squishing him in a door and trying to hit him and, 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 and they, he, he couldn't move and they wouldn't get off of him. He was being crushed. So where's your blue lives matter? So a lot of these little things. Well, they're saying now it's all over um, certain internets and places. Twitter had to shut down a bunch of um, people's things today between yesterday and today because they were lynchpins. Lynch, lynch pence. That rhymes. To, that, that <laughs> they're, they're coming after him. They, they want to kill him. That and then there, there's a, another group that was putting things out there that, you know, they're coming back. Oh, this isn't over. And they're going to kill the cops. Anybody who gets in their way, a cop, whatever, they don't care. They're coming back because this man, Biden, they say will not serve as president. They're not going to take this. Yeah, so that is my prediction, is that America will continue to implode on itself until it, and there again, I don't care what nobody says, you, you don't just move forward without acknowledging the wrongs that you've done. You have to be able to acknowledge mm. the wrongs that you do. And even if you don't get the, the I accept your apology, but we as a nation has never had a reconciliation with those individuals or the descendants of those individuals. Like the Native Americans, they still they ain't even got water. They're still stripping them bare. They, they that's just so wrong. Mm -hmm. And that guy who was in the the Capitol building with Native Indian garb. Oh, well, yeah, he's like a QAnon person. He uh, should have fell on his horns. <laughs> I, I, that just, it's like little things about that that just irritated me. Like, how dare you? You, you hate it's us. It's a caucasity. You, you hate us, but you're going to dress like us. Hello. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get the... the, the, the they're, dis I, they're delusional. You're not supposed to get it. And I guess it's a good thing, like you say, I don't get it. Because mm -hmm. then I'd be delusional on the other side. Yeah. The moment you're like, oh, wait, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yes. Then like, I'll be like, just... okay, gal, you need to get off the internet and get off whatever it is. Uh, yeah, it is. But I, I do predict that unless America intervenes on itself. Well, see, that's not really a prediction. 
What is it? Because other people have already said that. So well, it's, it's like my prediction. You're, you're repeating what someone else has said. It's my prediction. Because <laughs> I've been saying it for years. Well, people said it before you. Okay. <laughs> so what? Berlin saying it. But yes, it, it just... You heard it on PBS, people. No, I didn't. I did not. Did not. I've been saying it for years that this is a shitty country, but yeah. Oh yeah, maybe that part. You yeah, know. I have. I've been See, saying I it for a while. I can't say that because this country, I you know I've traveled other countries. I wouldn't live anyplace else. I that wouldn't call either. another country home, but this. Okay, one. that doesn't make it the best of the shit. No, even if no, it's, if but even I'm, if I'm it's, still not going to call it that. Okay, I well, just you know I keep hope alive. Well, there you go. Hope alive. There are some people. In some part, and you have to have some people who are going to do that, because if oh, everybody hope. loses hope, it'll be so dismal. We'll be out there parading with them, clashing with them, and that's their hope. I do believe. Yeah, I, I do think they have want hope. The other, they want others to come out to have an explosion to run into them. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do have hope, and I do believe that there are things that we can do. But I'm not, again, you would have to do them. You would have to do them. You would have to implement them from the top level down to local levels as well, both ways, to make the necessary changes that we need to make as a whole society. And I don't know if maybe it's because it's too many of us. A lot of it, I think, has to do with the fact that racism is so embedded in all that we do. Hate, which is basically racism. We're a hateful country. This isn't a, oh. And we've learned how to play act very well. We've learned how to chat and be pleasant and be nice. Like, mm-hmm. Like it's nothing. Like you know, we love everyone. Peace, love, happiness, and we've we've learned to exist in that manner to where you're shocked if your neighbor calls on you because you have a party in your backyard and it's just you and another person, <laughs> but you happen to be black. You're like, who called? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I see John every morning. What he did? What? <laughs> But then something spurred that moment on for them. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It, it's, it's, and it is everywhere. And there are things that happen to people to get them to that spot. And they don't know how to come out. Like the people who went into the Capitol building and broke in. And now they're being, vil- they're villains. They're the villains of America. Mm-hmm. They're plastered. They're on the top wanted list now. They got all their pictures and showing them everywhere. And their friends and neighbors are turning them in. And that that they're not going to flip now. Yeah. They're going to be angrier. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more determined than My ever. dad is gone because he was a... And I think, again, part of it matters. Like, people are calling these people patriots. At some point in time, I think while I was watching it before I turned it off with my handy dandy remote control. Because <laughs> um, I told people, I was like, I text a couple of friends and I was like, look. And I, I think I posted it on Instagram. I said, let me know when they start beating asses. I want to see white people get away with stuff. Because that's going to make me angry. But I know what will make me happy. Seeing people getting their ass beat. 
So, <laughs> well, that's like um, some I stole somebody's post and who are, I forget who posted it, but I was stunned that they posted it. But it was really good. It said, I'm not asking you to beat them. Oh, I am like you beat me. Oh, I am. I'm asking you to treat us like you treat them. No, I'm asking. I'm asking. No, them. I want you to treat. I want you to treat me like you. Treat I'm not. Them. I'm not there yet. I'm, you know, I do my forgiveness, loving kindness and peace. And I'm realizing it's very hard. Because it just makes, that just, that, yeah. this is the thing that's making people so angry. So now you got the other side getting pissed. No, my thing is too, I think on the flip side of that, they need to be made an example of. That this isn't tolerated within everyone. Because if you can say, I'm not going to tolerate it from you, because we already know. We already know. We don't even have to assume we can just roll that beautiful bean footage back. Six months on the internet, you go BLM protest, you will see us getting our ass beat. Yeah. Hand it to us. Cops knee deep. So again, I'm all about equilibrium. If this is what was good for the goose, is good for the gander. Now, if you want to say, hey, you know what? We've had too much. We beat asses on both sides. Let's try to approach this differently. Then I'm there for it. But you cannot beat my ass and then be like, oh, no, not them. No. No. <laughs> they need their ass beat, too. That's like siblings. You yeah. know, sometimes when you're... <laughs> Mama loves you more because she never spanked you. You know, there are some parents, and I don't even condone spanking, but it was one of those things if something breaks and no one's like, I don't know. Like, you're all playing around and something breaks. And she's like, I'm going to beat all y'all asses. Maybe you had nothing to do with it. Maybe it wasn't you. But you but went down anyway. <laughs> so somebody fessed up. <laughs> so, well, and, but I still think Part of this is there are things that have happened, like you say, for the hundreds of years that are just not addressed and we're not put in a situation to address them. And the heart, the hardest thing is you don't really know who your neighbors are anymore. No, you just really don't. Um, I lived in California for a short while when Julian was three in Long Beach my neighbor underneath military guy and his wife. You would think they're great people, they're military, you know, every time you see them, thanks for your service, seemed to be a pleasant guy. Although whenever he came home, his son had to come in the house if he was playing with Julian. Still never connected the dots to one day I was talking to his wife and he came home early and she walked away from me abruptly. And later on, she said to me, he hates black people. And I can't even tell you the names he would call you or your son if he ever spoke to you. So please don't ever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, she was so sweet and nice. His little boy, I, when he wasn't home, when he was off someplace, you know, yeah. serving, he was up at the place. But he knew, that little boy knew when his daddy come home, not to even acknowledge Julian existed. Mm. And that was his best little friend in daycare. One day, somebody, a, a man that I had decided not to date, decided he still wanted to date me. He came to my place and was banging on the door, trying to make me open the door. 
and I was about to call the police and I, I was on my balcony and he, the guy was at my door and I was trying to get him to come talk to me. That means he had to come down the steps mm -hmm. and be outside. And um, I saw the guy come out with, with this big ass gun and ratchet it up. And the guy heard him, that was the, the, the ex-boyfriend. And he's like, yo, man, what are you going to do? He said, I'm about to kill you if you don't come down the steps and leave that girl alone. So he came down and he told him, if you ever come back here, they're going to carry you away. Mm. And I was terrified, but he came upstairs with his wife, knocked on the door. They both came in and he put his arm around me and he said, you okay? He said, I'll never let anything happen to you. I promise you that. I was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. I was grateful, a little over the top, but I still was grateful. And later on, he told me his sister was raped by three black men. Mm -hmm. And just out of habit, I said, are you sure there were three black men? He said, yes. He said, they were. He said, how the situation came about wasn't pretty. He said, my sister wasn't totally innocent. He said, but it was still my sister. Mm -hmm. And he said, ever since then, he said, and then that night with that guy, he said, all I could think of if somebody had stepped up for my sister, mm. he said, and I knew I had to step up and I had to stop this. Well, now, not everybody's going to have such a moving moment or tragedy, but trust me somewhere in there, is humanity in everyone. Yeah, and I think what were even they the saying? guy dressed like the Indian half naked. What were they saying? Like since the seventies, empathy has gone down in this nation. Like since the seventies, which makes perfect sense to me if you just follow cultural timelines. That we can't see it from another side. Yeah, because I think the sixties were kind of like, okay, TV's there, you're seeing people get hosed down, and it's so fresh to see that, no, what is going on here? Like, that, was one, of the, that was one of the biggest things about television and one of the brightest things that MLK, and I'm pretty, I, I, this is just my opinion, when it comes to nonviolence, because then you don't look like you're, you're just being. Yeah. You're just being, You're and that's why they had to window, do. Window trying to yes. climb through. You're not doing. What are you doing? Nothing that would make you want to sit dogs on me and hose me down. And there had to be. There were trainings that people had to attend before you could go into a nonviolent one, where they would blow smoke in your face, talk crazy to you in your ear, so that you, as a person, could become desensitized to what is coming your way. So again, that was like, again, it's smart, but it, it used TV to kind of show you what it was. As we use cell phones now. Yes. And I, and, and I think, you know, back to what I was saying earlier with the murders and the assassinations that occurred, we, I, I don't, I wasn't alive then, but I'm pretty sure eventually things went back to normal. And not so many people were willing to stand up for things because it was like, you stand up, you will get sat down. Well, I was alive. 
and it just became a different type of stand-up. You may not have marched as much, mm -hmm. but it was a different type of stand-up. We learned how to operate in their world and take their seat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something you were actually taught how to take their seat, how to get that job interview, how to get in. And like you say, but you do become desensitized. Like when you, they're telling the jokes about nigg niggers and using that word, you just, you know what? I want to keep this job. So let me just sit here. Because mm -hmm. they would stand over you near your desk and say things just to see. And you don't flinch. You don't look. It's like you don't hear it. But you don't laugh either. Yeah. And you just, like you say, you do learn to keep your head down. But it was a different type of protest because we still got in. Yeah. No matter how we got in, we got in. And the next thing you know, we're sitting outside the president's desk or we're the vice president. And then I think one day they woke up and some people were like, whoa, how did all these people get in here? Mm -hmm. It was a different type of protest. Yeah. And I think, but this generation that's coming, they're going to be loud, rowdy, and fight. Yeah, I think it all... And I'm mad at them. Because it's an unjust world and they're able to see it. There's no hiding it. Now, they're, what happened in the Capitol? I don't want our people to do that. I don't think we... I, I think a lot of... Hey, <laughs> well, that's stupid. And I do feel like a lot of us already know we can't do that. There's it's not no winning in doing that. Yeah, we can't do that unless we want to die. That's a suicidal right. mission. So I think even innately, we kind of know, hey, there are certain places that we can do and certain things that we can't do. But again, we still fight a along that way. But I am hoping that as a society, you know, somehow, some way, we, we really begin to build empathy and we begin to teach children that so that as they grow, they're empathetic adults. I think adults, sometimes they're so settled in their ways and their line of thinking that it's really hard to kind of get them to do it. But I do believe, to quote Whitney Houston, the children are our future. And if you teach them well and let them lead the way, they'll be able to make changes in a way that we haven't been able to do it. But the adults that are in positions of power need to set these kids up because they're not going to be there. They're, they don't have the tools or the resources to do it or the wherewithal. But we as the adults and the people who are in positions of power, and that's what I am looking forward to with this administration that's coming in because this is an easy fetch for what's his name all he gotta do and I'm, I'm one of those people that goes into jobs where things are all messed up and all you have to do is the bare minimum because whoever before you fucked up so bad yeah but you know this what to, to your point about the youth that's what I really like about Georgia, having that young young man who won and the older black minister oh, who yeah. won. Mm -hmm. They are such a great pair to me. They do this right. They'll set up Georgia for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he's young. He, he's got a lot to give. I'm sure he's got a lot of the energy and a lot of things. And the older gentleman has the wisdom. He And, and they, they want to work together to build something. And what an example that they're black and white. Mm-hmm. The young and the older, I think they and can Kamala be, and um yeah and no and Biden as well but mm-hmm. they and it just seems to be this is our way and there's always been that track of white people who wanted to help whether they were vocal or visible they were always there at yeah. every step of the way and now they need to be vocal they need to be visible yeah. And we need to teach our children, like you say, to, to, to really love one another, to, to take mm-hmm. the moment to, I may not like what you did, but I still love you. Mm-hmm. Kindness. That was going to be my top, my topic for next two weeks after is kindness It's either we're <laughs> talking about niceness and kindness. Um, cause I think there are two different things. And so just, well, and that's what we, we really need to. And this thing that happened at the Capitol, what we need to be is prepared. Mm-hmm. It's not over. Not at all. And I'm not sure if there's the group that feels as strongly can be reached. I hope that they can. Or, you know, if you know somebody who is an avid Trump supporter, don't talk politics with them. Just be kind to them. Because yeah. talking politics is a way is a no is a lose lose, especially when they're it doesn't their ideological beliefs don't align with yours. But I think we talked enough about this. I just wanted to have this conversation because it well, was. Thank you. I really do enjoy it. It was what was going on. It was not my initial plan, but again, there was a Cheeto who got in. The and we way. really didn't talk about him that much. No, 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 yeah, no. I but I just that. wanted to talk about the situation and kind of get your point of view. So we are at the point of the show where you give your self-care tip of the week. Well, actually, it's really kind of goes along. It would have fit perfectly with your kindness thing. Because I was to say to, to, to be kind to yourself. And one of the ways I suggest is to, and even though you may do pedicures perform go out and have them professionally done or not. It's really nice to get yourself a dollar little bucket. And when you come home, put some Epsom salt, some warm water. What? You've done this one before. Have I? Yeah. I will do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Soak your little feet and do it for somebody else. Did I say do it for somebody else in your Mm -hmm. house? It's okay. They can do it just as a reminder. Okay, that was my thing, though. I just was really gung-ho on that this week of soaking your feet. Guess because people were marching. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know what? Take it one step further. Do one for a neighbor. Set them up with a little bucket and Epsom sauce and hand it to them. Say, here, a little treat for you to be kind. So be kind to a neighbor, a cousin. Yes. Give it, make up a little bucket and give it to somebody. There. That's even better. Take it all the way. There you go. So, and by next week, I will have given my, I'm going to give it to the lady across the street, Cynthia, who's home all day by herself. Not the guy who's annoying. Hmm. Maybe I'll do two. I'll give him one too. Because he's annoying. I haven't seen him. 
I I don't know that I'm seeing. Okay, let's let's not. I talk. haven't seen him since that crazy lady was here. So who knows? I don't want to open the door and hit a smell. I know what that smells like. Okay, never mind. You can put it on the <laughs> door. <laughs> oh my goodness. Why am I walking? Okay, it's another story. All right. <laughs> Thank you all. If <laughs> you've been with us this long, <laughs> I appreciate it because this was a, a lengthy one. Um, but as always, we want to thank you for listening to us and taking it in and, you know, hearing our thoughts on whatever's going on. And in cousin the world. Robert, now that you're listening, be sure to give input. <laughs> so watch my phone ring. Hey cousin. <laughs> um, and you know, like subscribe, share, email us, let us know your thoughts. In preparation for my topic in two weeks, if you are being kind or nice, however you want to view it, I, I think there's a difference between the both. But if you are doing kind things for other people, let us know what that kind thing is that you do either for yourself. I'm interested to hear the kind things you're doing for other people. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I actually did do something kind. I, I gave. Okay, save it. Don't okay, tell it. it was well. It'll be it'll be weeks from now that you hear about this. But yeah, I do kind things all the time. I had an employee tell me once. She was like, you know, you seem like you. She's like, you want to present like you're mean and unbothered, but she's like, you're really such a kind person. And I was like, yes. I like that. I don't want anybody to know. Oh, but they all know. I don't want anybody to know. Okay, so keep it between us. Anywho, so. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> let's, let's close. That's another thing for therapy, right? <laughs> Why don't you want to know? I don't want people to know. Okay, anyways, as always, be safe. Be well. Be easy, my kneesy. And be blessed. Bye. Bye. We even put rice in the sleep. Oh. <laughs>